Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tennessee Power Hour time across the Outkick Network. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. Old Smoky Moonshine. Yeehaw beer. Glad you're with us. We start with uh, the addition of Adrian Peterson, future pro football Hall of Famer, now a member of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, He is signed along with uh, a couple of other backs that will be in the rotation to help replace the volume of carries that Derrick Henry uh, that you knew Derrick Henry was going to get week in and week out for this offense. And Paul, AP, all day, Adrian Peterson made his debut with the Titans today at practice. May I tell yes. a quick story before we get to Paul's assessment sure. of, of Adrian Peterson because it'll fall right in line with this? I do these uh, semi-regular radio interviews with the station oh, in Cleveland hosted by Ken Carmen, And I love Ken Carmen and his show. And it's the typical thing you'd expect from a Northern Ohio Cleveland radio show, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit hard-edged, you know, coming in, just like, oh, this guy's not good. And this, Anyway, I went on for a Titans report, and he just started the interview by going, so uh, Chad Withrow's here, Outkick360, at the Chad Withrow on Twitter. So, Chad, Adrian Peterson. That, that, was, that it. was it. That means you talk here. That was here. the question. I said, you yeah, talk, you, you talk know, I'm, yeah, I'm shocked they didn't pull Krishna Koye out of retirement. It's uh, certainly an interesting <laughs> pick of who was available. And then he asked some question about, so do you know what the Titans are paying him? Is it enough to settle up his debt? And my response, granted, it's like 7.45 in the morning. And I'm saying, settle. I don't know what loan or debt you're talking about. And he said, oh, I, I hate when my jokes fall flat. It was one of the more awkward starts to an interview. I think I rebounded well. He did too. He started asking other questions that were really good. through it. I mean, I hope I'm it's invited like back on the show night. at like some Freed point. Like last night, needed to settle Yeah, in. I got my ankle stepped on, trying to cover first as the pitcher to start the inning, and then eventually battled back. But anyway, uh, I say all that to say, Paul, so Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Well, um, it's funny because Tony Dews yesterday, the running backs coach, said, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. We're talking today, and tomorrow we'll get him out there, and we'll begin to see what he can do, and we'll go from there. And today... The media portion was a stretch and a run after which they walked through. So I don't know how much they saw of what Adrian Peterson could do unless they took him out after the rest of the team, tired team, and they may have done this, put him in pads and banged him around a little bit and saw what he could do. But the rest of the banged-up Titans had a walkthrough today. And Paul was out there uh, today and, and took some video, and we, we saw uh, Peterson running with Julio Jones who was uh, out there during the stretch portion yes. of practice as well. That's good news for the Titans. Vrabel said, we'll see how Julio does through the practice week. Uh, he spoke before this. What we don't know is how much Peterson can contrib- contribute this week against the Rams. You know, how much of this is going to be McNichols and Foreman, Foreman who has been just signed this week but knows the offense. Peterson, who's coming in as it should be able to run the football within any offense, but you get my point. Yeah, like, generally, what, what the, they say running back is not one of the more complicated positions to to play out of the gate. 
you know, you have some some straightforward plays that are part of your base packages on first and down runs. Yeah. When you talk about a draft pick starting off as a running back, it's not listed as one of kind of like cornerback. When Mike Vrabel says about Caleb Farley, got cat coverage, go cover that guy, that cat. It didn't come to fruition, but cornerback isn't looked at as one of the most complicated positions to come in and play. Running backs generally looked at uh, like that. So I'm expecting Peterson and Foreman to be the first and second down duo, maybe a little McNichols. I think McNichols maintains his role as the third down back generally. I don't know what they do on third and short and who their third down, uh, third and short or their short yardage designee is. I think that's something they'll have to short sort yeah. out um, this week. But I think that's the sense of it. They're they're banged up. Blasting game didn't practice. Nate Davis has a concussion. Rashawn Evans didn't practice. He could be in line to be out again. And I wonder if Jayon Brown gets activated and if he or Monty Rice would get the start alongside uh, David Long, Chris Jackson, and Greg Maben were out today of of just this jog through. So you're down two cornerbacks there. Are we going to see Fulton reemerge? We know how deadly the Rams are throwing the ball. Jeffrey Simmons didn't practice with an ankle. And then you had limited guys, Carter, the fullback, Dupree, Julio Jones was called limited, Kendall Lamb, Tier Tart. Uh, Tart didn't play in this last game. So they're still really wobbly. Peterson didn't speak, right? Tomorrow. Hopefully. Tomorrow. So that's the day that Henry would normally speak to the media. So that makes total sense. Tannehill did have speak on the, the injury to Henry uh, adding uh, Adrian Peterson and, and more. What did, what did the, yeah, he's the excited, Titans leader say? He's excited uh, about Peterson. You know, he, he's disappointed about Henry, like everybody said. But he also gave the, you know, we have to move on and, and go do it. He, he was very, I don't want to say nonchalant. It, it all means a lot to him. But he said, like, we're going to go out and play. Like, everybody's making a big deal of, are you the same offense? Are you a different offense? He, he made it like, we've got a game plan, and we're going to go out and play football. You know, like any other week with any other injury. You know, he wasn't throwing a funeral or, uh, or having a visitation. And he's right to take that approach because that's what this is. Yeah, it's a Wednesday of a practice week. Yeah, you you're don't getting want ready it for to a be game a big and event. you're putting a game plan, but... It's more than that because now they start to figure out who they are without Derrick Henry. Yes. This is week one in that process. Yes, you're preparing for a game. You're preparing for the Rams. You're preparing for not just life after Henry, but what you hope is a thriving life after Henry that doesn't include the best running back in football. And how do you get there offensively to piece it together to continue to be one of the best teams in the AFC, which the Titans are right now. I talked to put some themselves people. in position to be one of those teams. I talked to some people around the league, too, and I used a little bit of what Cliff Averill told us yesterday uh, about the leadership void, but I think there's a psychological element here, too, that's unlike anything yeah. that you're talking about with all these other injuries they suffered. Where does this team look when it's in trouble? Always to 22, right? Hutton, you always talk about how they're willing to run down 17, down 21. So when this team is in trouble, its touchstone is Derrick Henry. So it's losing its touchstone, its well, identity. Identity, that's the key, is the offense had the identity no matter where they were. If they trailed after the first quarter, if they jump out to a 14-point lead, they, they were able to turn and hand it to him, and he was going to give you 30 carries, right? 25 to 30 carries is the expectation game in, game out, no matter how the game's going. 
Uh, you, to your point, like down three touchdowns, doesn't matter. The guy's going to touch the ball 25, 25, 30 times. That's, that's not, how do you distribute the carries? The, the offense to me is not going to change. Like the dynamic offense of uh, run to pass is not going to change. It's how do they get the volume of carries distributed with the group that they have? And the other thing but, is and, that, and actually be able to lean on it even when you're up against the wall, your back's against the wall a little bit. And we talk sometimes about the energy and the juice that they lack early, especially. And he always says, Vrabel always says, the energy comes from production. The production doesn't come from the rah-rah yeah. thing and everything. And it's a reasonable argument that he's consistent with. Well, when you're looking for that and they don't have it, where does it usually start to come from? Usually starts to come from Henry. Right, We've said, well, now the number one guy is unquestionably A.J. Brown. After that, who? That's, that was my overall point yesterday when, in the last couple of days with Julio. It, it, you need to have the dynamic aspects of A.J. and Julio. Uh, and, and Julio, I think, is you can confidently go into a game whenever he's active and say you're going to get 50 to 60 yards receiving. Like I, that, that, to me, is about baseline of what right. you should be able to get. I can't tell you what anybody else on that offense is going to provide for you week Nobody. in and week out. I mean, the running backs... Other is, than A.J. Brown. A, running backs, understandably so, because that's new and you're piecing it together. And by the way... But the, all these other guys being a mystery this at includes, this stage? This includes Ferguson. the O-line. This, I have yeah, no right. idea what yep. the O-line's going and, to do. And you don't know who's going to be playing. It's like whack-a-mole in terms of who disappears. But in terms of Ferkser and Swaim and Pruitt week to week, what you're going to get, you know, it's probably not going to be enough. In terms of Josh Reynolds, you know it's probably going to be nothing. And in terms of these other receivers, like Chad's been saying, they're pretty much maxed out. You know what you'll get from Westbrook Aquina. A couple good catches, but that's probably it. Whose role expands and contracts now? There's a well, lot it's, to it's be the figured problem, out. It's the problem with the offense now is you go from just give me your baseline with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones, and what you think they should be in Ryan Tannehill to – Give me your baseline, A.J. Brown and healthy Julio Jones, and give me something totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Nick westbrook Aquina, Anthony Ferkser, Chester Michael Rogers. Pruitt, Chester Rogers, Adrian Peterson, Deontay Foreman. There's going to have to be one of those... A defender? One of those cast of character guys on offense that completely step up and go above their expectation every week for them to be competent yeah. on and offense. And how about a defensive play and a special... How about a special teams play? I, I want to go back to Peterson for a moment because the, the description of him is, oh, and, and I'm not saying from the Titans. I'm saying from the media, from fans, and from certain Titans players too, I'm, I'm sure are mentioning this, fresh legs. You know, here comes a guy, uh, a guy who ran for 600 plus yards in 10 games for Detroit last season. What's he capable of now after joining a team middle of the season, plug and play along with a, a couple of other backs? I don't know what all that means because Mortensen is on Monday Night Football at halftime discussing Peterson, saying fresh legs, and if this guy played all games last year, he'd be a, a twelve hundred yard rusher. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if he's that valued, why is he sitting Where out is there? But why is he available in Week Nine to just join a practice squad? We know why, because he's thirty six years old, and people aren't looking for thirty six year olds, no matter how fresh their legs are, no matter how good their Hall of Fame resume. He's a freak too. I mean, it, his his ability to play at the level that he has. I'm not trying to undervalue that whatsoever. I mean, this the fact that he's capable of plugging and playing at this stage of his career uh, at thirty six at the position that he plays and the wear and tear and the era that he came, you know, coming out of Oklahoma into the league during that transition. But it was right before the transition. 
of full-on just aerial attack. We were getting to that point, but not fully there yet, to now where it's it's few and far between where you find offenses that are predicated on the run-first aspect. The Titans do it. The Ravens do it. Uh, and then it's tough to find and look across the league at another team that does it very well and so consistent. And now he joins an offense that can do that. So what what's he capable of bringing that complements what McNichols is going to do in the pass game and then what Foreman can do to offset the bulk of carries that Henry would have received. I think you you go into it thinking Peterson gets the bulk of the carries on first and second down. Foreman is the guy that's going to be the reserve and and work in a lot more than what the backup would work in for Henry. A lot which, more. Which was nothing. Right. Um, which is what? How many carries for McNichols on the season? Seven. Seven. And then I think McNichols maybe gets a, a handful more carries, but overall is still in the same role because he's actually providing a very real threat. He's good at on his the role. screen game. He's good, been good at his yeah. role, though his role doesn't include any running. Right. It's, it's a pass catching. So role. the question, like it's how, what Darrington Evans was supposed to be. How fresh is Peterson? Right. Like and that's. And how long does that freshness last? If you're 36, you come in with fresh legs. If he carries 16 times on Sunday and gets hit a lot, well, how fresh are his legs week two? And again, I'm not trying to be completely negative on the, the move because you had to make the move. Had to. Yeah. But it, we, we've, we spent a lot of time discussing how you don't use players in the preseason. You don't practice in the preseason or training camp, and they have, uh, they, they have muscle issues. They, yeah, they have tightness. A, they have hamstrings. That's a big Guess question, what man. happened to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown who didn't play in the preseason? Same thing. Like, are we about to see something like that? I mean, that's a nothing's very being fair mentioned question. about all this. That's a very fair question. And it's a, it's a discussion that, every, oh, it's plug and play, and they're going to make up for these bulk carries. I mean, they, they really don't have any other options, but it is a, still a huge concern if your, your one big play is all-day AP and he's not as fresh as what people think. Well, you've got four fresh legs in Peterson and Foreman, but if you strain a hamstring on one of those fresh legs, the whole – just a lot of unknown to gets, it. Gets tossed and, and and fresh legs and pulled hamstrings seem to be uh, go together. For sure. Uh, coming up, we, we take a look at the Rams out in Los Angeles, the Titans opponent this week. Matthew Stafford putting up some big numbers with his new team, Cooper Cup, uh, uh, as well as Robert Woods. Vrabel spoke on that duo today, but didn't really mention the the production as you know, catching the football. We'll, we'll explain. Uh, there's a big theme with Vrabel and the receiver play. And it's not... It, it has Quality nothing to, he loves. Has nothing to do with actually catching the football um, because there's really only two guys on the roster who do that well. We, we get into the, the details of what Vrabel was referring to and using the Rams as the example of the statement that he wants his receivers to make this week. That's straight ahead on OutKick 360. Titans and Rams on Sunday night football, the marquee game of the week out in Los Angeles. PK gets to take in the brand new stadium. Looking forward to hearing the review of that. Outkick 360 rolls my, on across the Outkick network. Just got my digital parking pass. These are always uh, an adventure to see how, just how complicated. It's not just Nissan Stadium that the digital parking pass is complicated. It, the, the parking pass itself is never complicated. No, getting On your it. phone, it's the... The complication comes when you're showing the parking attendant that, yeah. what, what is this again? What's going on? This is the digital pass, and they're looking at it 
that's where it gets complicated. No, well, in these other markets, the way they have you like log into the system and register and go get it and everything when you're not a regular can be quite unwieldy. Uh, just for uh, the fans' perspective, if you're watching the game Sunday night, many of you, the vast majority of you are watching Sunday night football regardless of who's playing. Uh, a couple of number updates for you. Um, Adrian Peterson will wear number eight. Odd. Von Miller will wear 40 for the Rams' defense. And he's expected to give it a go this week. He didn't play this past week with Denver. Uh, he's expected to play this week He's got for an LA. ankle issue, right? Uh, yes. And I, I believe Tannehill was asked about yeah. the addition, the former A&M yeah, uh, How teammate. many guys are we asking Tannehill about having played with lately? It's crazy how much overlap he's, he's had. Um, I think they were similar, similarly timed. Yeah. Uh, they were off maybe by a year because of uh, an injury or a red shirt or, or something like that. Um, he does not like the timing of this trade, obviously, <laughs> uh, but likes Vaughn a lot and, and has good memories of, of their time together. Just wishes that this synced up differently. So the, a lot of talk about the Titans offense and rightfully so. Let's flip it and look at the defensive uh, matchups for what they're facing against this Rams offense. Because the Rams, in their last four games, have won by 9 points, 27 points, 9 points, and 16 points. Not every game is created equal. And sometimes a lopsided win can be a lot closer than the final score. Sometimes a close game is not really that close. But what we can tell you is they're hitting big plays. Paul pointed out to to our listeners yesterday... They're hitting those big plays in the second and third quarter of games as they settle in, and they end up just gutting you. I mean, they 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 open up these leads, and it's tough to work your way back into it. Uh, they've played well at home, and a major concern this week, aside from what you have to replace with Henry, which is a major concern, another major concern, is Matthew Stafford. He leads the NFL with 10 completions of 40 or more yards. Um, Burrow has nine. And Wentz has seven, and Stafford has ten. He has seven. I wonder how many uh, of the pass interference penalties for Wentz would stack on oh, top of that. Oh, twenty-five. Be interesting to see. <laughs> twenty-five. What his number is it's if you gave him a solid strategy? Yeah, yeah. Him throw it deep and short. Um, he's made a career of, of underthrowing receivers. Uh, seven seven passes have gone for fifty or more yards for Stafford, and he has four for sixty or more. So all but one has gone for 60 or more of the ones that are 50-plus. That, that is uh, incredible. And that's and when, and scary. With the Titans don't my, have Fulton right. back yet, hopefully, but not for sure. And Mabin and, um, darn it, Long, uh, not Long. Well, Long should be. Um, Here's the corner I'm talking about. Mabin and uh, Jackson. Oh, Chris both Jackson. Both out today. So, I mean, they're already depleted. And Jackson's and now, been out. Yeah, right. and, and now, uh, no, Jackson played on, on Sunday. Uh, Maben and Jackson kind of traded places because Maben wasn't going that well, and Jackson came in. But you, you need every all hands on deck in a game like this, and you need Fulton back. But right now, you don't have any guarantee of any of the three of them. No. and that, that, Chris Jones would be prominently featured. Well, and on top of that, you have dynamic playmakers that Indianapolis just didn't possess, no. right? You've got Kevin Michael, Byard Pitt- said Michael Pittman is just the A.J. Brown type light. of player, but he's, he's coming into his own. But Pittman is like, you know, this big physical basketball player who's going to go up and, and out-physical you for the football. 
Cooper Cup way more dynamic. Is yeah, and 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 is physical, but yet has the ability to uh, uh, just with these the way he runs routes to get open and make you pay after the catch. Uh, and, and they they've got several of these guys. Robert Woods is another great example. Bayard said that Cooper Cup might be the best receiver in the league, which is my feeling about him at this stage. Hard to argue. Though that. he doesn't look the part, you know. It's, it's the guy just produces like crazy. So here's here's what the Titans have done since the Seattle game. They rank 16th in total yards allowed. They are 10th in rushing allowed. They are tied for seventh in interceptions, and they're 15th, right middle of the pack, in third down percentage. Exactly what we asked them to be, middle of the pack. But now they're going to be asked to raise it more against a very, very high-powered offense. They're 12th. Here's the key. All these stats only matter if you look at the scoreboard. They're 12th in points allowed among all defenses in the league. That's terrific. That's great. That's great. But they've got to be like a – they've got to play like a top – five top seven defense in points allowed this week on Sunday night in order to give their offense a chance because I don't think you're going to be able to slow play this this game and play keep away especially with the way Stafford's spinning it wouldn't have said it's possible right Uh, you know I don't feel like it's possible but every time I don't feel like it's possible that they do something is when I'm not saying they can't win and they just just held style of the game right but they held the Chiefs to three points you know, when, we, when they were depleted and, and we thought, uh, you know, this is going to be a back-and-forth shootout, maybe they could win it with the last possession kind of game. Um, you know, and, and this one, more than the ones earlier this season, this first game without Derrick Henry is more like that Houston game, his Vrabel's second game of his coaching career when Mariota was out. Look, he was their starting quarterback. We know he wasn't very good. They were without, what, their two starting uh, offensive tackles, maybe playing their fifth tackle in that game, and they had to pull out all the stops. I don't think they're going to go crazy doing wacky stuff. I just think we're going to see somewhat inventive plays, play usage, player usage, and things that that allow them a chance in this game. I don't expect them to win this game, this but is just, I expect it to be closer than, than the nation expects it will be. I don't know that I do because this is just not the opponent to try things out against. This is a tryout game for the Titans. I know Ryan Tannehill, it's just a no, another week, a normal game. It's not. They have to figure out life after Derrick Henry, and it's going to take in-game strategy to start to do that and to know what works, what they need to go back to. I would like it a lot better if they were playing the Saints this week and Trevor Simeon. And it wasn't yeah. Matthew Stafford and that Rams Amen. offense on the other side of the field because I think that's a game where you could figure things out on the fly against them and hope for a Trevor Simeon quarterback game where you can win 17-14 while figuring things out. This is not a figure-it-out opponent. My, my when you're playing the Rams, point. they needed a figure-it-out opponent. It's why I'm consistently saying don't overreact if this goes really poorly, and I think it will. My, my broader point, Chad, not so game-specific but more Vrabel and and Titans specific is that I don't put it past them to find ways to be in games that they don't have a business being in because I've seen them do it way more often than they have business doing it. I, I do think along your lines, this is going to take time and, and process and all of that. But, and Henry's the biggest fish and all of that. It's the biggest adjustment he's ever had to make. 
they just have a knack for this kind of stuff. So I'm not going to dismiss that it could be better than we anticipate. I want to get in uh, one specific player that needs to rise and to the occasion, and that's Josh Reynolds. They were, He's they, a lost cause. Well, it should not be. It's inexcusable for him to be a lost cause for a player that they targeted this offseason to be at, at worst a number three, at worst. Um, you've gotten, let me give an example here. Nick Westbrook-Akina, who has 14 catches on the season. He had three catches in 2020. Three. Josh One Reynolds of them had on special 52. Teams. Josh One Reynolds had 52 teams. catches last year in this Rams offense. And you signed him to do nothing? To be inactive? That, to me, th- this guy is, needs to be in the lineup and provide something. Uh, I'm not saying that's on the Titans to determine, like, hey, th- he's, he's not a bust. Maybe he is. But I, I think for all the discussion about making a move at receiver and trying to plug and play guys in and trying to figure out how you distribute the football, some of those passes need to go his way, and he needs to produce something. And the comments by Vrabel today make me think that this guy's a, he's a healthy scratch again. Ship sail for me. He's a beta. And I agree Westbrook with that. Aquina is more of an alpha. Rodgers and Johnson are more of an alpha. I, so, Move right past him. So 52 catches for 618 yards. The guy averaged 12 yards per catch in this L.A. Rams offense last year as the number three option. He signs in Tennessee, and he has 10 catches for 90 yards. How many games? He's uh, been scratched at least twice, at least once healthy, maybe twice. He, that he's 26 years old. He told us at the practice over at Nissan Stadium in the preseason, some days I, I feel good and some days I feel bad. I mean, that's, that's what a th- Adrian Peterson should be saying that. Josh Reynolds was saying that. All those catches, he, by the still, way, came in three games. Yeah, he still has a chance to be better. Cannot convince me that a guy that did that in L.A. can't well, do anything here. Let, let's get to the point of, of what Vrabel was saying, though. When, when asked about Reynolds... And asked about any receiver, he always goes back to this physical blocking mentality. Yes. And I think that speaks volumes to why Reynolds isn't playing. I, I, he's I think not it, physical. I think it speaks volumes to why he's not with the Rams. Well, maybe. Because listen to the way he's talking about the Rams guys, which you probably have in front of you or we can discuss. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't imagine he was doing that for the Rams based on what he's doing here. Well, but what he was doing for the Rams was with Goff and like I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what he provided and why they tar- why target him in free agency if he can't provide the physical nature that you require in Tennessee. Well, here's here's you want my opinion on this. I think they saw a guy who they could get at a good rate. They say he's not quite the blocker that we want downfield and he doesn't have the speed, which is what makes him cheap, but he's able with his length and his body to get separation in a unique way downfield that makes him a value. But he hasn't shown that here. He just hasn't hasn't shown it. And here, if you don't do it, your opportunities go away until you force your way back on the field. Has he and been, he doesn't have the gumption to force his way back on the field. Do you yeah. think he's been given the chance to show that, given that he can't block? I think based, I feel like the I not think, blocking is preventing them from even giving him a shot to go out there and beat someone deep down the field. I think based on the way Vrabel works, if you go out there on a Wednesday morning and have a week where you light it up, you can get yourself back in the lineup here at a competitive spot like receiver well, he's, with three good days. A great example of that Don't is you, Hunt? He, he's talking more in, in not Vrabel doesn't glow about any player really, but he's he's more positive in his remarks about Dylan Raiden's 
and he was Raiden was clearly in the doghouse uh, a few weeks ago. Well, you can work your way out of out of places. And look, we've seen guys. See, we've to seen me, that's no names trying and not. We've seen that, no that, names. Dylan Raiden's is probably giving effort, and he's just not very good. Yeah. Josh Reynolds, he probably looks at him and says, "You're better than this, and you're not trying." We've seen no names go out with Kevin. Kevin Byard's the main captain who goes out for the coin toss, and they send a guy or two with him who are. By game by game captains. Yes. We have seen utter no names go out. I can't think of names right now who we've seen. Josh Johnson, who's oh. a linebacker, he was a captain <laughs> for a game. I don't even know who he is. He earned his way into a. Jan, uh, John or Jan no, Johnson. No, this is a different Johnson. Oh. Or Jones. Josh Jones or John Jones. Do you mean I'm Jan, telling you. Jan Johnson? The J is soft. Look, I this believe. is how crazy I'm being. But like this guy had such a good practice week and was active for a week that, that Vrabel gave him a C for a game to go out. If he can do that, Josh Reynolds can have a kick-ass practice week and be active I, and earn snaps for point, a week. At some point, though, you have to swallow your pride and throw the ball deep to the guy. If you brought him in as a guy that, hey, he can get deep not behind people, he's not very physical, but he can... Well, at some point, you knew he wasn't very physical. Okay, he's even worse than you thought from a physicality standpoint. <laughs> Put him out there. You're paying the dude. He's making a paycheck no matter what, and let him go deep. I mean, it really, I don't know why that's such a big problem like with a he's, coach. He's, he's just been housed. handed this free pass of zero like accountability in this. And oh, I think this is him being held to account. He's being held to account. But you don't just, get snaps because what, you're not uh, doing what we need you to do. But here's the problem with guys like I this. I would ship him out yesterday. It's not then. holding to account because he's still it? getting paid to do nothing. Ship him out for like a 2025 seventh round pick. I mean, outside just get him of away. money, the outside of money, the way you hold the guy to account is snaps. I, I know, I know, but you right. You, but if you're keeping a guy around that you signed in the offseason to contribute, to me. You're looking for reasons to distribute the ball elsewhere other than A.J. Brown now in your pass game to help establish a run game that you're going to have to figure out. He's got to be a part of the solution. He can't continue to be a part of the problem. And at, at six wins, there's not much to point at and say, hey, you're not, pulling, you're not pulling your way here offensively. Now as you start to veer off and try to figure things out offensively where you still want to go through the run, but you need options in the pass game to move the sticks – which, by the way, he did last year. Of his 52 catches, like 35 of them went for a first down. Like it, He was known as being a guy who could move the chains. And now he's a guy that just follows the chains from the sideline in street clothes. Sometimes uh, then, the then let him go do just that. doesn't pan out. Put him in and let him go try to do something. Well, the last time they really gave him, gave him the football was in New York, the Jets game. He had like five or six catches and uh, hauled in, you know, a deep pass or two in that game and then got hurt. And we didn't, we didn't see him for a few games. I think he played in Jacksonville. Uh, and then he played, he had played against, he had played against Jacksonville and then he played a couple of weeks ago. And that was it. Give me this camera for a second. <laughs> Paul uh, Galina, the ISO camera. Yeah, listen, I, I need to apologize to Joe Jones, oh, a Joe linebacker Jones. who's been a captain for the Tennessee Titans this year. Or yo Jones. Because listen, we made a big deal out of it in the press box. Not Julio, not Ben, not Naquan. But the fourth Jones, Joe Jones, was a captain for a game. And if Joe Jones could be a captain for a game, then Josh Reynolds can work hard enough and practice to be damn active and effective. Joe Jones has done it. 
Okay, so we're, we're all number so let, me, let me let me dispute this a little bit because I feel like I'm always going to be devil's advocate against all things Titans at this point. <laughs> um, you're paying the guy to be a deep threat, and you're telling me because he doesn't block in practice, he's not playing, and you're not throwing the deep ball to him. He caught a couple deep passes against the Jets when given the opportunity. At some point, I want to see the opportunity given in a game. If he goes out there and can't get off press coverage and as light as a feather as he is and is blown into the sideline because of a stiff breeze and can't do it, fine. Well, guess what? Then you showed Chad? me and I saw guess it what? and we can go back but to him you not don't, playing. You don't get to see it. He's doing that stuff you said at practice is the indication here. And He's he not, caught he can't two even do deep that balls stuff against the Jets in a game. When given the chance, Hutton just said it. But the five ball, catches. The top receivers were oh, well, out of that no, game. No, no, they had no, no. no choice but to play. I'm not saying he stepped up to the occasion. This guy they is had a to beta. play him in that game. But he. But they've they've got it. They've got to try then to get more from him. Why do the Titans keep signing betas? Well, I, that's it's a mistake. That but he a, was cheap. Or, or, I mean, it's like topic. they paid him. Is a lot it of something money. about Nashville that turns him into a beta well, when they get on. here? My my point on this it's is a weird dude because he was is, he was productive Chad, in L.A. Here's my point: you don't have to like force him to be good. If he's terrible, he's terrible. But during this little stretch run where we all, the three of us, admit they'll never admit they're going to try to work things out offensively and piece together the puzzle. He's got to be a piece to the puzzle, and you can't figure him out on what he can give you. He needs to be able to give you something. He doesn't have to give you six catches a game. He doesn't have to be Julio or AJ. He's got to be a number three. I'm not sure he's got to be a piece to the puzzle. Well, if Julio is Jones time. is back, I, where do you need Paul, him? But Paul, my point here is... Oh, he, you they, need him. My, my point here is they are not going to have this group of receivers 10 weeks from now, nine weeks from now, as they go into the postseason. They're going to continue Somebody to have some injuries. Yeah. He's going to be asked to step up. You can't figure out what he's capable of giving you as a healthy scratch as the third receiver in the offseason. That just can't. You've got to be able to, while you figure out how you're going to distribute the football, figure out how Josh Reynolds can help you instead of figuring out that he's just not for you because he's a part of this roster, whether we like it or not. Now they could have moved him out, they didn't, and the reason they didn't is they they feel like he can be a piece. It could be a small piece, but he's got to be better than inactive on game day. That 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 to me is just baseline. Uh, they, I think if Julio's back in, this week, he'll be inactive. They brought him in. They signed I, him to a contract I agree to with do that. something. With all the losses now in offense, he's got to be able to do something at some point. There's going to be a game where he's going to need to step up. You got to start getting him in the rotation. And I'll use this analogy, Paul. I'm a baseball GM. I signed Paul Karski because he's a great home run hitter, and I don't play you because you can't bunt. It makes no sense if you brought him in to be a guy who can get deep down the field. Give him a chance to do that. I'm betting right now, guys, that he'll prove himself to be a failure at that. I don't think they brought him in. Given what they've seen I don't practice. think they brought him in for that. I think that's a bonus of what he could do. He's an intermediary. Yeah, he's a chain receiver. mover. Again, what I've heard about Josh Reynolds and what you guys say and the fact he's in the doghouse, he will probably prove himself to not be good in the games. But give him the chance to do it. And you're going to have to do that because they're going to need something out of him eventually. Now, Not going to be this week. If, what if he's Julio's going to have ready. to – yeah, I agree. If Julio's available, Julio's playing. Um, let's go back to the point, though. Whenever d- discussing Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, Vrabel was quick to point out the physical tone and blocking. And, and it wasn't just blocking a corner. He made a, a, a point to emphasize these guys will, will go in at these linebackers. They'll go in and try to you know, scrape out a safety – they're doing everything Defensive they can end, to even, fight. I think yeah, and and I thought it was it was very telling because that was the theme of today with Vrabel. 
And if he's being that, he's harping on blocking and the physical mindset of the receivers. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his team, and he's he's telling his team that behind the scenes too, double, triple the amount. Um, so Julio that, Jones is coming back. Julio Jones needs to make catches. Julio Jones also, he's telling him right, again, hey, right. I need all of you. I need all you've got, and I need you to play a complete wide receiver game, which here entails doing the kind of things I'm watching Cooper Cup and Robert Woods do. And that was what Corey Davis was criticized for uh, publicly was, oh, well, he, uh, he's, he's lauded for, uh, for his talent in blocking. We need this guy to catch. Well, he was great at that. And how many times did Henry take off on a deep run, a long run, and 84 was leading the way? Yep. That, that's the mentality. There's a lot of value in that. That's the mentality now, that the Rabel question wants. is, though, you know, is Adrian Peterson or Deontay Foreman getting far enough no, downfield for no. the receiver to be making that kind of block? No. Probably not. No. But uh, So it's not as big a factor downfield. That's why he's mentioned a defensive end, because the, the block close to the line of scrimmage is more important now. Yeah. But, because these backs aren't getting to the second level where that block against the cornerback is. Adrian Peterson may need a, a block guy. to get a first down. Right. You know, Closer Adrian to the line of scrimmage not against a bigger 22 guy. miles per hour the way 22 can. No. Yeah, it's a different uh, – the blocking deal for – this is interesting. We've developed this. The, the blocking deal for the wide receiver is different now. It's not downfield against the corner. It's closer to the line of scrimmage potentially against a bigger guy. And that's the message that was sent. Three things to watch for with the Vols and Wildcats as we continue to watch Tennessee prepare for Kentucky. We're all in on the Vols this week. I, don't, I would give We've points. been all in on the Vols for the last two weeks. In this game. Two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, we said the Vols could If could they lose this game, this that's bad. This was, was going to be the last chance for a big win yeah. against a ranked opponent. I've, I've liked Tennessee's chances coming off the bye throughout. It's less big of a win now, even. Three things we're paying attention to with Tennessee next on OutKick 360. Former NFL linebacker Sean Witherspoon will be on the show tomorrow, plus Trey Wallace, SEC writer for OutKick, and Armando Salguero. That's a good slate right there. Ready to go tomorrow. Um, we've got Thursday Night Football to preview Jets at Colts. I saw somebody key banged up. for. The, oh, I saw a, uh, we need to look at this tomorrow, a Mike White over under on pass attempts that is outrageously high for a Colts game where the Colts slow play things relatively slow. We need to look at that. Over under for uh, defensive pass interference penalties against yeah, Wentz. Yeah, they don't we'll, offer we'll that. We'll have that on Thursday night uh, football tomorrow. I'd like to, I'd like to bet that. Uh, we, we would love, and we will, bet the Tennessee-Kentucky game this week. Tennessee Power Hour on Outkick 360. Um, Chad, three things you're watching for with the Vols. You hit a, a couple of these yesterday just at, in passing but uh, the health of the team should be a lot better after the bye week. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it's, it's always with Tennessee about the running game. And Alex Golish, the offensive coordinator, said yesterday, they're finally to a point where they have, he likes to use the term, full stable. They got a full stable of their running backs they want to run. They have Cade and Cooper Mays back. They're going to have a good chance to run the ball well this final month of the season. This outside of Georgia, which mm -hmm. let's set aside Georgia for everything, how much different that game's going to be. This is going to be the toughest test with run defense. Um, but having them healthy coming off the bye, I think, helps with the rushing attack. That certainly is, is one thing to watch for them. Um, Hendon Hooker, you know, it's so much about health right now with Tennessee. Alex Golish admitted they did not run the ball with Hooker because he was banged up. Coming off the in the Ole Miss game, he was hurt. 
Going into the game against Alabama, he was hurt. That's why you didn't see him run. That's why you didn't see him keep it It, with the read option. That is going to be something to watch in this game. So those two things around the run game and also attitude. I love what Elante Taylor had to say. Some are going to take this as arrogant for a team who hasn't been very good the last three or four years. But even when Tennessee's been bad, they've been good against Kentucky, except for last year where they got housed 34 to 10 because of a couple of pick sixes. But Elante Taylor came out and said, when you come to Tennessee, one thing they talk about is we don't lose to Kentucky. It's one of those teams you don't lose to. So to watch them celebrate the way they did a year ago has stuck in the heads of those players. I think that's a factor in this game. You know what? I, uh, why I like Tennessee so much, and it contradicts what I've said about Kentucky uh, all season, really. You mentioned the, the Tennessee run game. I like Tennessee's ability to stop Kentucky's run game up front. And that, that they have a good offensive line. It hasn't been anything great as they were expecting uh, to be. Uh, they can't really throw on a consistent basis. If you shut down their run game the way Mississippi State yeah, did. Yeah, didn't run well last week. Then you you handle Kentucky's offense. And if Rod, you can slow down Rodriguez, you handle Kentucky's offense. I think Tennessee's defensive front can do that. That Tennessee has been much better in that area. Yes. And Kentucky has not been nearly as consistent as w- what we thought they would be whenever they started the season in, in August. Tennessee's number one in the country in tackles for loss. Uh, most of that's coming against the run. Mm-hmm. It's coming against handoffs where they're getting in the backfield. So that's something to watch in this game. Tennessee's also been very, very bad on third down defensively. But that's typically come against mobile quarterbacks. Will Levis can run. He's not the runner of Matt Corral or Bryce Young, but he can move a little bit. To me, that's something to watch in this game. Also, Hutton, before we sign off, we should congratulate the Nashville Predators on figuring out COVID-19. Because after saying they were going to have vaccination requirements, effective November 13th, guests will no longer be required to show proof of COVID-19 well, vaccination this is great. This is great or negative COVID-19 tests. Uh, concerts, all that. I mean, that, because they, the, the, arena, the Preds run the, the arena. So, like, uh, Chris Stapleton plays December 11th. You know, that, that was a... That's great. I mean, they, you're going to now have those protocols lifted for a concert. I'd seen some talk, too, about, uh, I think Vin, Vingen wrote it at the, at the Athletic, their sellout streak uh, is intact. There's I don't no know if, if the, yeah, it's kind of like the Titans' oh, old sellout no streak yeah. where they, they claim it, whether the, the seats are full or the tickets are sold. They, they have a way of maintaining it. They've maintained it. This will certainly help them continue to, Here's, unquote, here's the bottom line. They were losing money. Yeah. People helping. didn't want to go through the headache of doing everything they had to to go to a game. They were losing money. There's been nothing that's happened with closing the gap in vaccinations or anything else that Sean Henry wanted to see. None of that has happened in the last two weeks. They were losing money. It's a business decision. So they've lifted this and acting like, oh, everything's fine now. They should have never done it to begin with. Well, Actually, they were the smart enough to build a sellout streak ended. It didn't. Yes. And that's uh, one reason these protocols have probably also come to an end. Time to start a new streak. How long long was that streak? Time to start a new streak, Reed. Uh, No, I ended my season ticket. Oh, you did? My season ticket streak is also over with the Nashville Predators. I don't think Reed was alone in ending that season ticket streak with some decisions by the Preds. And that, again, it's smart business. This is why they ended it. It was dumb business to begin with. There are two hockey seasons. We all know that. The the one that goes on during football and the one that goes on after football. That is correct. And getting people to the one that goes on during football season is a challenge. So, again, this is all about business, a smart business move to lift those restrictions starting November 13th in a couple weeks. And they also lift those restrictions uh, as they retire the jersey 
of Pecorine. They announced that too. Number 35 is going to the Raptors. First jersey retirement, number retirement for the Preds. That's awesome. We knew that was going to happen. By the way, congrats the Preds, unlike the Memphis Grizzlies, for taking the common sense approach. They raised raft, they raised pennants, and Raptors are banners for different things. But Pecorine is the first guy worthy yes. of a number retirement. And so they're I waiting, like that and they're waiting, waiting until he's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> he's not playing for he's the Kings. He's not playing for another team. He's not with, with the Sacramento Kings or the LA Kings All coming rise back. Yeah. for the return of Zach Randolph, <laughs> the starting power forward for the Sacramento Kings as we retire his uniform. Boy, did I get killed. Not the that. one he's wearing tonight, but the one he wore here. I was temporarily the most popular man in Memphis for that. Oh, barely. Barely. It's hard to do. Chris Vernon is number one most times. Uh, yeah, we are back at it tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today across the Outkick Network. Join us at 2 o'clock Central tomorrow. Don't block the box. Do lock your locks.